0: 97X with REM and Radio Free Europe, Public Enemy, and we also heard from the Mojo Nixon and Skid Roper with Jesus at McDonald's at Midnight. Coming up tomorrow, it's the Beastie Boys as our Friday featured artist. Hear songs throughout their career, plus we'll have some great giveaways, including a pair of tickets for you to see them at Riverbend for Lollapalooza. That's Friday featured artist, Beastie Boys, Dave. coming up tomorrow Dave. here at 97X, the future of rock and roll. Dave. Looks like it's going to be a nice day outside today. Dave. About 73 degrees, sunny, yes. Dave. You you're
1: doing yeah. it again. You're having one of those 97X flashbacks. It's
0: 2:40, 20 before the hour.
1: <laughs> Coming up another solid rock. Now, you're, yeah. you're having a flashback to your days at 97X. Yeah. I know you spent a decade there. You loved it. I was there for about uh-huh. three and a half years. I loved it as well. But 97X no longer exists as a radio station. It still exists in our hearts. That's why we're doing a podcast. And in the age of corona, you're at your place. I'm in the party dungeon. But the good news is we do have a Riverbend connection joining us right now. The lovely and talented Elizabeth Cannon, who worked at Riverbend for eons has joined us. Elizabeth,
0: welcome.
2: Hi, guys. Glad to be here.
0: And actually, I have the first question: is, did Doug Baylog? give you the moniker of lovely and talented, or is that on your driver's license?
2: You know what, he's he's official. He's the one who's, uh, I think, um, responsible for it, but no one is more responsible for continuing with it as, as Damien is. <laughs> he, he's really who I owe that nickname to more. <laughs> I, th-
1: I think her contact is in my phone as just L-N-T-E-C, lovely and talented yep. Elizabeth Cannon. But Elizabeth, you started at Riverbend as like an usher when you were an embryo, I think, right?
2: I think just about. It seemed like it. Um, I believe I was officially 16, but that was, I was looking back, it was 1986. So I started there in 86. I really started my love for concerts February 14th, 1984, because that was the police synchronicity tour at the Coliseum. And it was, you know, the first concert I'd ever been to, and I was just a fanatic after that. And then the summer of 85 me and my friends went to every show i think riverbend and timberwolf had and so the 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 most obvious thing was to get a job there the following year so me and a a lot of my good high school friends we all got jobs there and and i'm the one that stuck around for 15 more years
1: (laughs) and not it should be pointed out not as an usher or ticket taker the entire time you worked your way up the riverbend food chain
2: I did. I did. I did. I I, I spent time in, in pretty much every department, maybe except for maintenance, but worked in the box office, the phone room, backstage catering, um, but spent most of my time as the, the marketing director there for eight years. I was the marketing director. So I left there in um, 2000.
1: Yeah. And you were our main contact at 97X. So if there were a show coming up or we were doing a promotion, you would get together with Julie Maxwell or whoever's in charge of promotions on our end. and. And promote the shows, yeah. place the ad buys, things like that, right?
2: Yeah, exactly. And write, you know, write creative copy. It was, it was this was back when you also could write your own uh, concert commercials and not just have the super, you know, produced ones with the guy with the super deep voice. So, Miguel. Well. Yeah, exactly. Riverbend
1: right. Music Center, <laughs> twenty-two twenty-two <laughs> Kellogg Avenue.
2: Very good. Every DJ at every station would would voice their own commercials and so it would be very you know sound different in every station
1: so warm 98 got like uh, kenny g and then we got the yeah. good concerts
2: exactly as far as i was concerned you're right <laughs> yeah i went to miami so then i got to know um you know beforehand i had actually gotten to know mr k one way back when i was in high school because um we were very committed 97x fans and would call and Um, make requests all the time and you know how chatty Mr. K was so I just got to be friendly with him then and then you know got to be better friends with him when I moved up to Oxford Um, and you know stayed friends with him all the way until he sadly passed away but he was my first real 97x connection and then when I went up to college I don't know, I think I had had some interaction with Doug, maybe just because I was a fan, and I think maybe they invited me to the station, so I think I knew Doug from way back when, and then of course um, met you, Damien, over the phone when I uh, yours was the only studio number I knew, and back then I had to come into the office at like 11.30 at night and fax concert announcements after the nightly news was over. And I had to make sure that the fax machine was working. So I called you to make sure that you got the fax. And that's how we kind of struck up a friendship ever since.
1: And the funny thing is, I remember that day like it was yesterday. It's weird how you remember that sort of stuff. But think back to that fax machines. And you had to wait till after the local news was gone so they couldn't have a scoop on who was coming to Riverbend. Guess what? Jimmy Buffett.
0: Well, also, do you remember uh, when I was doing Afternoons, you would call in. I would say, the lovely and talented Elizabeth will be having a concert update at 6.30, find out exciting news of who's coming, and then you would... You know, I was scheduled with you between 630 and 635, you'd say, you know what, it it is midnight oil with, you know, special guest opener, you know, whoever, Red Hot Chili Peppers. And we're like, oh,
2: hey, cool. Yay. Bye. And then you're
0: off calling the next station.
2: I loved it. I loved all that. That was fun.
0: So you had a lot of, like,
1: information that was valuable to people. You know, like you, you could have sold that. You could have traded on that. It's like, oh.
2: I could have. If only the internet was was around back then, I could have probably posted, um, you know, had a club for VIP, uh, you know, people t- that could find out the news before anyone else, you know, with for $10 to me. That's a, that's a great idea. I could have done that.
1: The Riverbend Scoop. You know, the and and, and
2: it took, you know, two minutes for each uh, each fax to go through. So it was a very long process to put out the news back then.
0: Now, is the rumors true for the Lollapaloozas and Horde shows that we were the official station for? You paid off the Hamilton County Health Department so we could have those butt coolers?
2: <laughs> That's funny. I hadn't thought of that for a long time. That was a brilliant idea. Mm-hmm. Brilliant idea. You needed yeah. it. Those days it was 100 degrees, it seems like, and you know, it was a, yeah. t- I don't know, 10-hour show or whatever it was, so you'd had all these... You know, people walking around in the sun, I think they loved your butt coolers.
1: <laughs> yeah, a little bit too much. That's the problem. After the first person was... has put their butt there, everybody else is like, eh, maybe not.
2: But it, it didn't was, work in the of COVID.
1: Yeah, di- no. It was a different time, kids. It was a different time. <clears throat> Things were different back then. And now we sound like hippies in the 60s, don't we? <laughs> the you know, 90s were a different time. You don't understand it, son. But right. you know, Elizabeth. You, so you said you you know you got the job because you you like the music, and then you you there. And and I think to somebody outside, they'd say, "Oh, you work at Riverbend. You get free tickets to all the shows. That's so cool." And what they don't understand is that you're there from like nine in the morning till you're sending out stupid faxes at midnight, right? So tell yep. us about like what your day was like, and maybe non-show day versus a show day
2: yeah i mean no you're totally right on a non-show day we would be you know i'd get there probably around 10 it certainly wasn't an early morning type job but um you know mostly what i would do is 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 work with the various radio stations for like you said either media buys or writing writing commercials took up a lot of my day and back then you know i'm i mean i guess towards the end of the 90s we had some semblance of email but it wasn't something that i used all the time so um i did a lot of you know we had called and and made promotions and said hey you know 97x will you give away four pairs of tickets to to depeche mode and then i would do the same for warm 98 and kenny g and you know um work on promotions and um work on pr i mean i had to do a lot of, of different pr and um, working with the radio station, you know, not just the radio stations, but the record companies and the, and the band management to approve my marketing plans and gosh, you know, and, and just just kind of your, your street um, promotions, you know, getting flyers out. And again, I mean, it was, it was so different, right? The advertising was very limited to what you could do um, versus today. So it was, you know, Putting out commercials and hoping that the show wasn't canceled because your commercial was going to run for the next, you know, four days, whatever it was. But it was it was different. It was fun. And on a concert day, yeah, we'd get there around 10, and I'd be there till midnight, um, you know, because I'd have press, you know, photographers or videographers could usually shoot the first three minutes of, you know, the first two songs or whatever it was. So I'd walk them down and walk them back up. I enjoyed that. And then a lot of times I would stay in the office um, in case there were questions about the advertising or the settlement or whatever it was. And then I'd usually had leave after the traffic had gotten out. So yeah, it was a long, definitely a long day, but I think we would have about 40 shows in a summer. And sometimes we would have stretches where it was like 12 shows in a row and those were pretty brutal. But for the most part, I mean, it was great. That's why I stayed there so long, super duper fun job
0: okay i have to ask this it's the most obvious what was your favorite show of all the times that you were there there or timberwolf
2: oh gosh if you throw timberwolf into it it changes because timberwolf had like tears for fears and howard jones and some slightly smaller acts that i absolutely loved my favorite show at riverbend was probably depeche mode um i saw i think in 88 Maybe it was the first time I was working, and that was Music for the Masses tour. And then I looked, just kind of doing some a little bit of research, and I think they played there at least three or four times. And I always loved Depeche Mode. The the, the concert that I wanted to see the most, that would have been my favorite, that got canceled because of the floods, was Oasis. They were supposed to come. Oh, no. I don't remember what year, two thousand one maybe. And, Back when they
0: were still relevant in the, in their prime, yeah, that'd yeah. be nice.
2: And it ca- got canceled because the flood. so well, if
1: it wasn't the flood, they would have been canceled because the Gallagher brothers were beating each other up. So that I, show wouldn't have happened I, anyhow.
2: Um, I was also a secret or or not so secret um, river dance fan. So we had the only or I think the I think the only outdoor um, uh, river dance play, the very first year that River Dance came to the u s. and we had twenty one showings of it. I worked on that show for about nine months. I mean, it really, really was a lot of work. And I probably watched you know 18 of the 21 performances. I loved it so much. So that was kind of one of the, definitely the biggest series of shows I worked on.
1: Would you arrange meet and greets for artists with radio stations, things like that?
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, occasionally. Occasionally I would do, I would escort winners um, or some meet and greets um a lot of times you know sometimes i would escort you know make-a-wish kids you know who who, whose dream was to go meet you know someone um but occasionally there were meet and greets a lot of times i wasn't though the radio the um the record company guys more likely would take people back to meet and greets so i didn't get to i i would go backstage every day and eat lunch and dinner so occasionally you'd see the artist back there, but for the most part, I didn't meet, you know, I met a handful of people mostly when I would take media back for interviews, but for the most part, I didn't, um, meet, meet people.
0: Uh, we, we brought up Timberwolf, but I want to explain cause some people might not realize it that at Kings Island had a live music venue. And I think the, sh- I've been to Kings Island for a couple of years, but the shell was still there the last time I was there. And, and I'm trying to explain to my kids that, you know, I introduced Debbie Harry on that stage and the Ramones in that Escape from New York tour that also had the Tom Tom Club and all them.
2: Boy, I don't remember yeah. that. But that, you know, they had the best show. I mean, we went to so many shows back then. And, and back then, you could get a concert ticket for, I think it was $10 if you had a season's pass. Mm-hmm. And you could also, you know, call within the first 10 minutes and get front row. I mean, I had front row for multiple shows out there. Um, it was a nice venue. It
0: was a really nice venue.
2: It was great. It was fun.
0: Um, also, I want to bring up the fact that when I saw Ministry in 1995, I just got my hearing back in 2018. <laughs> <laughs> Even though you
1: weren't backstage that much, lovely and talented Elizabeth Cannon, like there had to be, you know, like certain bands that maybe came through that didn't have the best reputation. So who who had the rep in the marketing office about being just total
2: jerks oh my gosh personally oh gosh i don't there were stories about people trashing backstage which always i think you know it was, it was true it's an opening act i remember a really bad story about an opening act for depeche mode because i worked backstage in catering that year so i know for a fact they they trashed it that was omd which is so random because they just were at bogarts you know seems like seemed like nice normal people and you always had stories about jerks um you know just well i'll say my person i did not like and i hope you know he doesn't come get me for this but billy ray cyrus i had a little girl who's Uh, make-a-wish girl who whose dream was to meet Billy Ray Cyrus and the backs you know backs we were supposed to go backstage after the show so it was already 10 o'clock Billy Ray just didn't let the kids come back and the 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 rumor was that he was back there talking to a certain Cincinnati Reds baseball player that was his hero um, and he just let all these little kids just kind of wait and he um, finally the little girl's mom said it's just getting too late we got to go home so You know, I never, I always hated to hear stories like that. Oh,
0: man. You
2: know, lots of mayhem and craziness and lewd behavior back there. That was for sure.
0: I have one, um, but it was outside. Uh, We were there for hordes. We had to set up early and get in like at 8 or 8.30 and put all our tents up because the doors opened at 10 or whatever. But Chris Robinson of the Black Crows wanted to walk through before the gates opened to see all the local food tents, see some of the vendors, right? Mm Mm-hmm. We were not allowed to walk up to say anything or to talk to him. And he had two bodyguards. And if you walked up, they held their hands up like like a a street crossing guard. Stop. And if you started to say anything to him, please shut up and back away.
1: Wow. Yeah.
0: I didn't light his candle that night. (laughs) (laughs) So that was my uh, stuck up guy was him.
2: and i was always kind of trained not to talk to you know I, i worked there so i was always trained kind of not to talk to people if you've encountered them but um they were certainly very nice people i think one of the nicest guys i ever met and this happened on two or three separate occasions was graham nash from crosby stills and Nash he was just very genuinely nice nice person whereas david crosby i remember an occasion i had a guitar that i had to get signed or something and David Crosby was like why are we doing this blah, 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 you know right in front of me and Graham Nash was so nice and then like later like eight hours later I was backstage and he remembered my name and and there were like two or three different occasions over the years where he stood out as being someone so so nice
1: but that was David Crosby um, with his first original liver so with his third so. one
2: he's, yeah. much he
1: he's much
0: nicer he's
2: much nicer cranky back then <laughs> uh, <laughs>
0: Now, I don't want to toot the 97X horn, but do you think some of these bands would not have come to Riverbend if it wasn't for 97X playing them?
2: Yeah, I think something like, for sure, Lollapalooza, um, because so many of those artists, they certainly weren't getting airplay on, um, you know, a lot of the traditional other stations that were around, um, especially in those real early days. Um, So I think we made a case in, in booking those artists, a lot of times we were asked... You know by the booking agents you know is there support who's going to help sell tickets for this so i do remember the case being that for lollapalooza and even like lilith fair and you know the horde to some extent but a lot of those festival shows were with bands that weren't getting a whole lot of airplay on main main radio stations main commercial radio stations around town so you guys definitely helped with that
0: that lilith show was actually fantastic one of my favorite shows at riverbend
2: yeah in the it was it was and i think the very first one i guess christina aguilera was on the third stage she wasn't known at all she was you know a teenager but she was on the third you know smallest stage i remember that
1: and you said you left uh riverbend in what year 2000? 2000 yep. well the good news is elizabeth they're still booking the same artist that they were booking <laughs> 20 years ago now
2: well that's absolutely especially true for uh you know the country artists and i don't know much about about country but it seems like gosh those artists appear over and over and then you know your your typical uh i don't know boston uh i don't know you know i would say van halen but obviously they won't they're not gonna be back but it seemed like a lot of those artists you know would come come through every 10 years for their greatest hits tours
0: yeah i mean it's it's journey lover boy yeah yeah
2: Night
1: Ranger. I mean, it's almost like a time capsule for 1985 for the year you, you know, like you started there. Like most of those bands were around, but I guess that's the outdoor shed industry. I mean, that's the business, right? You put three bands like that together in a package tour and hope you get enough fannies (laughs) and seats.
2: I think Journey would sell more tickets, you know, with the, the, what's his name, the guy who's, you know, not the original lead singer than they would back when Steve Perry was around because it was just a fun, you know, it's a it's a party. It's not even about the, you know, it's someone and their kids and their grandkids at this point. Cause it's, it's back
1: just, to the future. Oh, yeah. Jimmy Buffett would sell out every year and half the people would be too drunk to even make it to the show, right?
2: Uh-huh, uh-huh.
1: You're not paying yeah, we for had, the music.
2: We, we had- one, I used to love Jimmy Buffett, especially the multiple shows because everyone thought I was so busy they'd kind of leave me alone. And um, especially one year we had five sold-out shows. It sold out in like two hours, five shows. And it's a lot of work the first show because that's when you know the media comes and you know they want to take pictures of all the crazy T-shirts and everything. But then the next four days it's like nothing there's much a, going on. So I always like those multiple shows. <laughs>
1: And then the only other story I remember about you, actually, I remember a lot, but one, weren't you trapped on a cruise ship once?
2: I was trapped on a, wasn't a cruise ship, it was a ferry boat. I was in New Zealand, and um, the ferry boat was just a tourist boat showing you around this area called the Islands, which is very, very north tippy-top of um, New Zealand, and we hit a a rock, sort of, and and so the boat started to sink, and uh, they were going to call the helicopters in, and I en- envisioned, you know, climbing up that little ladder, but they were able to somehow get us attached to a landmass, and we had to jump off. And um, helicopters did rescue us, but from the landmass. So yeah, it was it was kind of a, it was a stands out in my lifetime, that's for sure. We were on the front page of the Auckland Herald, and you know, it, was, it was excitement. And you imagine, you know, back then, too, we that was in, I don't know. I mean, email was a thing, so we emailed all our friends and said, oh, listen to this crazy story. But, yeah, it was a funny memory.
0: <laughs> but to show her dedication, on a helicopter, she called the Fox and did an announcement that the Doobie Brothers <laughs> tickets were going on sale at 5 o'clock.
2: Nothing could stop me. Not even
1: a helicopter would stop her from taking it to the streets. (laughs) I love it. Well, Elizabeth, uh, you have listened to a couple of these shows. You know, we like to go like to the length of two Bella Lugosi's dead. And then we have to wrap it up. So we well, think we're we're at in fact I think we're over that point. So we thank you so much for your time. And thanks for everything you did actually working with 97X over those you know the 15 years or so that you were at Riverbend. It was great to have somebody on the other end easy to work with, fun, like the music that you could coordinate all those sort of promotions and giveaways and things like that. So thank you.
2: Well, don't tell anyone, but you guys were always my favorite. So yes. it was well worth it.
1: I, I knew it. I told you, Dave. All right. (laughs) Lovely and talented Elizabeth Cannon. Thanks so much.
2: Thank you, guys.
0: 97X. But the 90s was an exciting time, and we wanted to experience all it had to offer. Hey, guys, there's a great concert in... Really? Who's playing? They got corn, cranberries, and cake. Oh, that sounds delicious, but who are the bands? They're opening with cake shouldn't cake be last? It's a dessert. Corn is last. Corn is a bigger draw than cake. Corn is not a bigger draw than cake. Cake is delicious.
2: Rumblings from the Big Bush.